Talk of the Town is a public service program produced by Midwest Family Springfield, airing Sunday morning on 92.7 WMAY, 98.7 WNNS, 97.7 WQLZ, and 102.5 The Lake. The mission of the show is to provide you with new information on the great organizations and great people in the Springfield area who work hard to make things easier for others throughout our community and to make Springfield a better place to live. The intent of this program is to be timely, topical, to entertain and to inform talk of the town this is trent nelson good morning and what a lovely morning christmas time nearly upon us so many other wonderful holidays being celebrated across the month of december and we are so grateful for all of our listeners and hope that they are celebrating their holiday season with love and cheer and good will towards all on this program today we have two wonderful guests first is amy beetle you know her she's from visit springfield and she is back with us as usual to speak about what is going on across the local area for the upcoming month this month will of course be january the first of the new year we had a great talk about that as well as how december unraveled itself for all of us in the Springfield segment county area. And of course, we have Executive Director Laura Davis of Springfield's own Helping Hands. And she came down to have a long chat with us concerning what the Helping Hands do for the community, how she got started there, as well as some local innovations concerning Park Avenue supportive housing and the new shelter that is set to open with the new year. We had a great discussion, great insight from the executive director. We hope that you will all enjoy it as much as we did. So sit back, relax, pour yourself some coffee, flip the bacon, and get ready. Because this is Talk of the Town with Trent Nelson. Let's go! Talk of the Town. This is Trent Nelson. Good morning, and what a wonderful morning it is to have a wonderful discussion with our, you guessed it, wonderful friend. Those are three wonderful things, and we haven't (laughs) even started the program properly yet. Amy Beetle, Visit Springfield. She comes on and speaks with us each month about the things that are yet to be in the community that we can take advantage of in the coming month, as well as those things and opportunities and events that we have already enjoyed from the previous month. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I am so good, Trent. Thank you so much for having me. And you're right. It's just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So it's a wonderful life. I think they should make a movie called that. What do you think? (laughs) You know what? We got to get copywriting on that. The Rare Triple Wonderful. It's a reminder of the season that we get to enjoy right now, Amy. It is a wonderful time of year, a little chilly. What was December like? All right. For Mm-hmm. All of Springfield, we had just gotten over Turkey in November, and now we have various different holidays, including Christmas. How did everyone enjoy it from what you were able to gather? Well, from what I was able to gather, we had just a uh, fantastic holiday season. We really can't complain a whole lot about the weather. I mean, I know that it's we've got a few days where it's getting a little chilly and whatnot, but, you know, all in all, calling it the end of December, you know, we are really enjoying some, some mild uh, temperatures, which helps out for all the outdoor events. I know that the caroling at the Carillon was just 
super well received and attended. It's always a beautiful event over there. Um, I, the governor's mansion had been offering tours uh, November and December time frame for the holidays, and they were. I was hearing many of those were sold out, and they were adding some more. So that was popular. The holiday lights parade always a favorite by families in the lighting of the the tree downtown on the square. So yeah, everything like that seemed to go off without a hitch, and I think that everyone is enjoying a a really nice festive Christmas season. And it's crazy that we're coming up to the end of December now. And December was great. As you noted, Amy, we're happy that you had a positive one. We also did. But as you just noted, January beckons the new year, the 24th year of the 21st century, 2024. Uh, And what a time to be alive. Amy, would you tell our audience what things and events and opportunities they will get to enjoy this January? For sure. Well, also wanted to mention at New Year's Eve, obviously, is, is can be a very festive time in Springfield. So uh, looking up uh, that type of activity... Um, there's things going on at the Kidseum during the day. They do what's really cute. They call it the Noon Year's Eve. So they have an event from 9 to 2, and they celebrate New Year's Eve at noon, which is real fun for the kiddos. Um, and then, of course, we've got first night, the family-friendly, alcohol-free uh, event that goes on from 1 to 10.30 on New Year's Eve with fireworks at 8.15. Then you can get home safely and snuggle in and be ready to bring in the new year. Buzz Bomb's having a big event uh, as well. And then there's even Donnie B's Comedy Club is going on over the weekend of uh, New Year's Eve. And then Skateland South is having a skate with Olaf on uh, New Year's Day. So if you're not doing anything from one to four, you can go to Skateland and skate with Olaf. Skating with Olaf? We might feel we might feel a little frozen, but uh, no matter, <laughs> no matter. We'll, we'll let it go. Just let it go, Trent. <laughs> that's why our audience tunes in. If you did not know, absolutely, they come for the puns. They stay for the knowledge. Now that sounds like a bevy of wonderful things to get into um, around New Year's, but. If my calculations are correct, my friend, that is only the first days of the year. <laughs> what does the rest of the month, what has Calendar Mike dug up and and what is on the rest of the agenda? I think that's funny and you're exactly right. I started putting this list together and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on the first. <laughs> I to do all of January. So thank you for pointing that out. You know, and it, it will slow up in the next couple months compared to what we've had, you know, right. since say what, March or April, but um, I was still like, what am I going to talk about? There's so many things. So once we get through that gangbuster, you know, New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve weekend and New Year's Day, then we're looking at having some really great things going on um, more to the inside type events. But, you know, the Globetrotters are coming back. I don't know about you, but I love the Globetrotters. Yes. They're so entertaining. And they're going to be at the BOS on January the 10th. So that'll be a fun uh, evening performance. Um, the Lucky Horseshoes are going to do their Hot Stove Social on the 29th of January, and that's with Pat Hughes, which is going to be a really great event. That event likely will sell out, so you'll want to jump on our website and get to the uh, ticketing platform to get a reservation made for that. Um, Maldeners has been having, we've talked about it in the past a little bit, they have a, a group that does a dinner detective, a mystery dinner there. And quite honestly, it started maybe last year, but it has gone so strong, and they have had such great success and turnout for those. They're continuing them, and I think that's a fabulous winter thing to do. Have a nice meal and a little uh, mystery dinner uh 
at the same time. Also wanted to remind people that the Here I Have Lived exhibit at the ALPLM over at the Presidential Museum, that is going to be um, coming down after January 21st. So if you haven't been to the museum, always a great, you know, cooler day, maybe a snowy day or rain day. Um, get on in there and spend a few hours and make sure that you take in that exhibit as well before that goes away. And I'm anxiously waiting to know what the next temporary exhibit will be there. And we'll try to make you the first to know. Um, and then the Junior Blues. Don't forget about our wonderful Junior Blues hockey team. What a fun time to go out and watch the guys on the ice and kind of pound on the plexiglass and, you know, cheer them on. Um, so that's fun. They've got various different home games. And then I was looking for uh, theatrical. Of course, at this time of year, there's lots and lots of performances. It's kind of the, the heyday for the uh, performing arts. So uh, the UISPAC has tons of things happening. Hoagland does. You know, Legacy has been doing a lot of different things. Um, so just go on our website and check all of that out. And then also throughout the month, you'll see tons of bands uh, and musical uh, acts, whether it be at Motorheads, Dannenberger's, Boondocks, you name it. They're, they're kind of scattered all over. What a bevy, a tranche, if you will, of activities, of events. There's some music. We are having just a bit of technical issue, but there is music all over. There are theatrical events at the uh, UIS PAC. Uh, Hoagland, we... Well, we have to thank Amy Beadle, and we have to thank Calendar Mike, and we have to thank all of the folks over at Visit Springfield for all of their event cultivating. They are the event gardeners, if you will, and we enjoy <laughs> uh, their bounty, and we have to thank them so much. Amy Beadle, will you come back and speak to us about February soon? I will. If you'll have me, Trent, I'll be happy to. Well, we will, of course, have you. But please, before <laughs> we let you go, my friend, would you tell our audience one more time where they can learn all about the wonderful happenings that go on in Springfield and around the community? Absolutely. We tell people that they can always go to visit springfieldillinois.com and they can click on our events tab. They can see both upcoming events as well as ongoing events. So if there's longer period of time, like a month or two months or three months for exhibit, they're under ongoing. Um, also, a great way to find out what's happening is to follow us on social media. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Visit Springfield. You heard it here first, folks. There are so many ways to learn. Amy Beadle just explained many of them to us, and we are so thankful that she's here to keep us up to date with what is going on around our local area. Amy Beadle, visit Springfield. You are supreme. Thank you so much. Our pleasure, and Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to you as well. Let's make 24 the best ever. 24, the best 24th year of the 21st century ever. Yes. Talk, yep, it's going to be a good one. A, a fantastic one. Talk of the town, Trent Nelson. Go out and make the 24th year the best one out of all of the 21st century years. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson here with a lovely friend, of the program. She has yet to be on the program, but we've done many interviews, uh, written interviews. If anyone likes to read, you can find those at WMAY.com. We have Executive Director Laura Davis of Springfield's Helping Hands with us today, and 
she's here to explain a bit about what that organization does around the community. You've likely heard it in passing, perhaps in the paper, on the websites. It's a very active group, and they help homeless folks. But how, you might ask? Well, in numerous ways, and we'll get to that. Good morning, Executive Director Davis. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. It is a wonderful morning to have a wonderful morning with you. And we need to know, not me, I already know, but the audience needs to know a bit about you, Executive Director Davis. What drove you to the point that you wanted to help the homeless so vehemently and desperately. Okay. Well, my background is in uh, working with people with serious mental illness. When we lived up in Michigan, I worked at a crisis home for adults with serious mental illness. And when we moved back to Springfield, I was looking for a way to get involved with the community, um, kind of reestablish myself in Springfield. And there was an opportunity to volunteer at Helping Hands. And so I did that for a while and uh, kind of fell in love with the population and hearing their stories. And I've just kind of moved through the organization since that time. And it's given me an opportunity to meet some amazing people and hear their stories. And with every story that I hear, it drives me to want to help them more. And in and, and learning about the root causes of homelessness and um, different ways for people to heal, we realize that um, housing is very much the foundation. You can't you can't have a, a life of stability if you don't know where you're going to sleep at night and you don't have a place to store your belongings and a place to call home. And so that is the mission of Helping Hands. It is to house uh, the homeless of the community, no? Yes. Yep. And tell us, please, how you go about doing so with funds from the different state and federal governments and institutions. Primarily, we were known for providing emergency shelter to adult men. And as we've expanded our programs, we've moved toward a more housing-focused direction. So Helping Hands does run the emergency shelter. We provide case management that helps people navigate through the system because, as we all know, the systems are designed to be complex. They're not supposed to be easy to navigate. And it's, again, if you don't have a fixed location, it's it's difficult to make it to all of those appointments. And so our case managers really work with clients to help them get the things that they need to move toward housing. The housing that we offer is supportive housing. So we have two programs. We have rapid rehousing and permanent supportive housing. And that is a like a rental subsidy. Sometimes it's time limited. Sometimes it's indefinite. And then the wraparound supports that people need. So that case management, that access to behavioral and mental health services, to health care, and the ability to help people get an income and really just kind of start to set their own goals for themselves as they move up that hierarchy of needs. Absolutely. I think, and I speak for myself, but perhaps for a few others as well, I think that it's easy sometimes to forget that without that, for lack of a better term, home base, it is difficult to organize the rest of our lives. Yes, absolutely. We need the structure that a safe domicile provides us with to store our belongings, to maintain cleanliness, to maintain nutrition. It's, it's all very vital, and we appreciate all the hard work that you and your staff do with Helping Hands executive director. But you guys aren't just doing things in the theoretical, in the books. You guys are doing things out in the community. Absolutely. And and tell us about the apartments on Park Avenue. So through a partnership with 
Park Avenue residences, um, we are able to offer a supportive housing community. So this is three buildings. There's 22 units plus a manager's unit and a community room. And at this facility will be able to house people who are considered chronically homeless. So they've been um, homeless for a year or more. They have a qualifying disability. Um, historically, they've been known as the hardest to house. And this brings everybody together in a place where they can um, create a healthy, safe community. So building friendships, having support groups, really learning what it's like to um, maintain an apartment um, and, and everything that goes into it. And they learn their, um, their rights as tenants, you know, their rights and responsibilities. And so these apartments are absolutely beautiful. Um, Windsor Development is who designed and built them and they are all adaptable. So for those who have like handicap accessible and adaptable units, they have washers and dryers in the units, um, which that sounds like something like, you know, yeah, it's your home. Of course, you've got a washer and dryer. Typically, that's not the case when you find apartments available in the community. So that's a huge thing. I don't have a washer and dryer. <laughs> And I do not live in supportive housing, so I am absolutely thrilled that the community is able to provide that for people, right? Because people require these things. We joke when we don't have them, and, and sometimes we have to drive to the laundromat, right. or, or we have to do it. But it's a serious burden when we don't have the resources to just say, well, I'll just go to the laundromat and do my laundry. Right, absolutely. I mean, if you're talking about you don't have a vehicle, so then, you know, how do you coordinate that? And if you're waiting on somebody to take you, then you have to, it's a small thing, but it's a, it's a huge thing for our clients. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson here with Executive Director Laura Davis of Helping Hands of Springfield. We have to start considering the functionalities, the functions that make up the larger functions of which we're always speaking about, right? Just the simple idea of laundry. Yes. If we don't have a machine, is composed of all different functions and we have to coordinate, as you mentioned, that love that word, together. And we have to string all these together. And then if we consider that perhaps each necessary function requires more of these minor functions to complete, well, we might start to consider that people's lives can be pretty tiring. Yes. If they don't have all of the amenities that we take for granted so often. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, um, if everything you own has to fit into a backpack or a bag and you have to carry it around all the time, how, how can you possibly maintain, you know, how, how can you think about starting to work towards any goals or even setting any goals if you don't have something as simple as a place to store your belongings? If you don't believe Executive Director Davis, you can look at the history books. When people settled down, yes. instead of moving, they were able to develop the tenets of culture and civilization that we take for granted. Absolutely. And so I, you know, I get irritated, I guess, when I have people who are like, well, if they would just get a job, then they could just get their own place. And so when you start to break that down, you start to say, okay, well, what does that look like? If you don't have a place to store everything that you own... How can you go out and get a job and how can you show up every day if you don't have a place to shower, if you don't have just that foundation? So when people sneer at people on the street that are asking for a handout, think about it. There's a privilege that comes with that perspective that doesn't follow if you actually carry it through. 
It's important to remember. In the streets of Constantinople at one point, there were... uh, on the sides of the walkways and the roads, there were these little clay decorative tiles dug out, little bricks. They were a little carved out in the middle, right? So that water could collect in them and so that the animals around the city could have something to drink. And we should start considering all of our lives through that type of lens. Yes. That, that maybe we should just create a better society for all of us. For everyone. And maybe that would actually make for a better society for everyone, right? It, it seems it seems like I just repeated myself, but consider making things better for everyone and they might become better for everyone. Yes. You know, some of the, the comments that I saw on social media after, after um, it was announced that, that we had started opening this new project were surrounding, you know, well, I don't have those things and that they don't need anything as elaborate as what is provided in this location. And it got me thinking that, you know, maybe maybe we all need to start looking at what the standard of, of living is f- across the board. You know, it's not those individuals got this and I didn't, so those individuals shouldn't get it. Maybe it's as a, as a society, we need to start looking at it and saying, okay, <clears throat> what is that standard of living that we all deserve? And I don't think taking away opportunities for people who have nothing is... The, I don't think that's the answer. Seems counterproductive. It does. Seems counterproductive. These Park Avenue supportive apartments, mm-hmm. they are at this point, as you noted, acting as supportive housing for the chronically correct. homeless. But we have to keep in mind functional zero as well, correct? And so in the theoretical, assisting and helping those chronically homeless will get them into a better circumstance. And those houses will then be used to ensure that in that functional zero circumstance, when an individual or family loses their housing, that there is a swift place for them to find uh, residence in. Absolutely. So the way that, that the system works right now is, you know, for a lot of people, if they lose their housing, there isn't something available right away. And when you're getting in line behind a lot of people who have been homeless for a long period of time, that doesn't leave you in a very, uh, you know, you're, you're at the end of the line. And so we're, we're really trying to take a multi-pronged approach with helping hands on how to get people into housing as quickly as possible. So we try to be as creative as we can. As people come in, you know, if, if they're in a position where they can get rapidly rehoused, you know, maybe um, they just need a really quick fix. We're, we're working on a program through the state um, called Shelter Diversion. So that would be people who are just at the brink of losing their housing, they've you know received an eviction notice, they have five days to move out, they're going to end up in shelter. There's an opportunity for us to try to, within two weeks, locate a place for them and just get them back on their feet. We've got opportunities for people who are working and just need a quick, like maybe a month or two of assistance. We can help them. We've Nick, as you know, is our um, Continuum's housing navigator. He is brilliant at finding apartments for people. And so we don't want to create a system where we've got, as they say, a mass shelter. Our goal is really to find whatever opportunities people have and move them as quickly as possible into those. And for those who need those ongoing supports, having the case managers available that can support them for whatever period of time that they need. You know, as a continuum, as a community, we're 
really working on streamlining that process. We don't want people getting stuck in homelessness. That's not the goal. Absolutely not the goal. Uh, and of course, the community appreciates the hard work in all of these nuanced areas that perhaps you don't think about as often as you might as you might want to, I should say. Mm-hmm. Nick Dodson does do a fantastic job with that, as well as, of course, his work with the Sierra Club. Right. We appreciate yeah. him in both capacities as well. The point that I wanted to draw from what you just noted, mm-hmm. right, is that these diversion programs, mm-hmm. fantastic innovations, right? These ideas meant to save people the trauma of having to go through this even at all. Mm-hmm. It requires a certain level of vulnerability and transparency from the community itself. Yes. It requires a certain trust in institutions to say, I am struggling right now. I need help. That doesn't make me any less of a person. It doesn't make me any less of a, anything, of a supporter, of a provider, of, of, a, of a daughter, of a husband, wife, whatever the case may be, there's no difference. And in fact, as I've heard you say previously, institutions like the Helping Hands and the Continuums and all of these, they exist for this reason. Correct. They exist to help. The thing that you're frightened of divulging is literally the thing that they exist to serve. Yes, and we we take a very trauma-informed approach to the services that we provide. You know, we know that um, becoming homeless is a trauma in and of itself. And so in our shelter, we work very hard to make sure that it is not a dehumanizing experience. Um, our staff is amazing. They work harder than anybody I have ever seen. And so, you know, we really want to create an environment where people feel comfortable and they can they can have that trust with us to say, hey, these are the issues that I'm facing because telling us those things is what helps us figure out which program would be best for you. And so I just want to make sure that I give a shout out to all of my staff and our directors who work tirelessly to create these environments and these programs that will assist people in the best possible way that they can. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson here with Executive Director of the Springfield Helping Hands, Laura Davis, speaking about the origins of her passion for this topic for individuals who need assistance, the origin of Helping Hands, about the new Park Avenue apartments, supportive housing, but there's another innovation as well to talk about, is there not, that you guys are, are moving over to Dirksen? We are. So we are estimating the first week of January we'll be able to open our new shelter facility. This will allow us the opportunity to provide emergency shelter for adults that are experiencing homelessness, 141 beds. We will have a dormitory for women that is very trauma-sensitive, connection to trauma services, to assist them with moving toward that stability in housing. We're excited. We'll finally be able to be under one roof again. Right now, we're kind of spread throughout the city in in different areas because we've grown so quickly, we've really outgrown our spaces. So, you know, Helping Hands typically had the, the shelter on Washington Street. And then in September, we took on operations of the Springfield Overflow Shelter. And so, Operating two different shelters concurrently is, you know, it's a strain. I can, I bet you can imagine. And so we'll be able to move all of these together and then um, all of our housing and support programs will go over there as well. I know Renetta. Yes. I know that she loves what she does more than perhaps any human in existence. Yes. 
but that's a lot. It is a lot. And, you know, she takes her passion with her in everything that she does. And so to have to split that passion in two different directions in, you know, really complex populations, it's a strain. So we're excited to all be moving back together under one roof. And what will the Washington Street building be? Will that still be an outreach building? No, that the county is actually purchasing that building, okay. um, I think, as part of the transportation hub. Oh, cool. Fantastic. See. You learn something new if you listen, (laughs) folks. Well, we are just tickled pink to hear that Helping Hands is not only making such a positive impact uh, as it has long before I got here, but that the community is recognizing the hard work that you guys do and that you're you're moving on to bigger and better things, bigger and better ways to help the community. And again, with the estimated number of homeless individuals, 141 beds is a massive innovation, as is the Park Avenue supportive housing. These are two massive innovations for those who need it. And we thank you for caring about those who need executive director. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson here with Helping Hands of Springfield's executive director, Laura Davis. So happy to have you down this morning. What is the future of Helping Hands? What does it look like? Well, in an ideal world, we will reach our goal of functional zero homelessness by 2028. And so, you know, we're really focused on those services. What does this look like for housing stability long term? While we know emergency shelter will probably never go away, if we can expand the housing opportunities in Springfield and Sangamon County and help people move quickly, then that can be very short term with the goal of moving people into permanent housing within 30 to 60 days. You heard it here first, folks. The future looks positive and it looks more communal and it looks as though we care more about one another. Yes. And uh, when we care about one another, we care for ourselves. Absolutely. Executive Director Davis, thank you for coming and joining us this morning. Thank you. Pleasure is all ours. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. Thanks for listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back next Sunday morning. Talk of the Town is a public service of Midwest Family Springfield. If you have any questions about today's program or previous programs, contact the show at MidwestFamilySPI.com slash Talk of the Town or call Midwest Family Springfield at 217-629-7077.